Hey crafty ass females, it's Kristen here with a content warning for this week's episode. Today, Amanda and I, along with our guest, Nita Patterson, discuss sensitive topics including the recent premature birth and subsequent loss of Nita's son. This episode is dedicated to the loving memory of Christopher Aiden. If this might be too much, hit stop and listen to a fave from the archives. Now on to the show. Housekeeping time. This week we have some super fun news. We have hit our first collective goal on Patreon, which means it is time to launch the Crafty Ass Female Book Club. Yeah, our first book is, Amanda, want to tell them about our first book? Sure. Our first book is going to be Am I There Yet? The Loop-de-Loop Zigzagging Journey to Adulthood by Mari Andrew. It's been on my radar for a while, pre-ordered it way in advance, and since I've gotten my hand on it, I've read a few little bits of it here and there you can pick and choose and kind of jump around in this book which I like and yeah I'm excited to like deep dive into it for our book club yeah and you can join our book club by heading over to patreon.com slash female and supporting us at the five dollar level you'll get access to our private book club discord channel you'll get access to our private book club crafty ass female episode you will get access to a private area where you can ask us questions where we'll answer them on the episode and we will get into such great discussion about this book and many books to come it's going to be absolutely fantastic we maybe are so we could even ask one of our book club members if like they want to join us for the discussion like maybe we can kind of do a raffle that would be awesome that would be kind of fun that. have you featured on the special bonus book club episode like we could maybe do that once a month with the book i don't know yeah there are so many awesome things that we can do it's <laughs> it's our podcast amanda we can do whatever we want oh my right? gosh you always need to remind me of that because i still i have this ingrained thing in my brain that like i have to answer to someone wait no i don't it's us no, it's us <laughs> we have to answer to us yeah. well, and to you guys because like you guys are the audience and... so fun so me and kristen decided too that because our the 15th of the month is kind of a special day because it marks our month anniversary since we launched the podcast. The podcast launched in December uh, 15th, 2017. So we thought because this week is the week of the 15th of May, start reading your books this week. Get your hands on them, download it via Kindle, whatever you want to say, start reading. And on June 15th, that'll be the day that our episode goes live on Patreon. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Another cool Patreon thing, if you are a $25 subscriber, $25 a month subscriber, you get to come on a Q&A call monthly with me and Amanda, and that Q&A call is going to go down this month, the end of the month, on the week of the 21st. And really hang out. Yeah, I can't wait to <laughs> I can't wait to hang out with our patrons uh, this month. It's going to be really awesome. Yes. And uh, speaking of, let's, uh, let's tell everybody about our guest today and how awesome her after chatter is oh man so guys speaking of patreon and all this stuff going on on patreon you're gonna want to head over there you're gonna want to sign up to listen to after chatter with miss mrs i guess nita patterson she's my homegirl fellow planner babe beautiful real life friend we've met and chatted for hours and hours in real life as well um, i'm so honored and pleased to have her on the podcast today she imparts awesome wisdom beyond her years i even feel like and you'll notice in the episode she references her grandma numerous times and we always say crafty ass females don't fall far from the tree right if you were raised by a crafty ass female you're more than likely to become one yourself and have all this wonderful wisdom. Oh, God, I can't wait for you to listen to our episode. Here she is chatting on diversity and crafting, choosing joy, everything in between. Nita Patterson, y'all. 
Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, an audio show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we create in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedell, and we believe you are a capable badass who already has all the tools you need to make beautiful things and make beautiful things happen. We're just here to remind you. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Nita. Hey guys. Hi. So happy to have you on. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Today we have Nita Patterson. She's my girl from the Happy Planner at Neatly Planned on Instagram. Of course, we're going to link to all your good stuff and where they can find you. Um, you have these vibrant, clean planner pr- uh, pages, bright, clear photos, but also like a really sweet and positive demeanor. And I could tell right away, like you were super crafty. These innovative ideas like came out of the woodwork. Like I always say, my metaphor for you is like American Idol. Like you had the voice, the meaty voice, but then you had the look and you had the package. You were the whole package. So when we came across you and how you were using the product, we the whole company like got really excited. Um, yeah, and then um, I remember one of the first things you did, you had cut out the back of one of the Me and My Big Ideas big sticker, um, the packaging, and you cut that out and you made those into like DIY planner clips. And I was like, okay, done. Like you won me over with that project. Um, yeah, and fast forward, we had you on the design team. You've been a part of uh, the Happy Planner for a long time now, and I can't see you ever leaving, honestly. <laughs> they love you. And, like, it's funny. You'll see an after chatter, her Happy Planner shrine behind her. <laughs> it's so cute. But, yes, yeah, so then we met in September of last year, and we talked for hours and hours. It was supposed to be a breakfast meetup thing, and we couldn't shut up with each other. Love you so much. Um, but, yes, yeah, so you're an entrepreneur. You have your own thing on the side. You're working full-time in the fashion industry. You're a planner, babe, creative, innovator, wife to a whole husband, my favorite thing you've ever said um yeah active in your church community super force modern woman love you so much but we'll link to all your goods but did i get that about right i mean let's i'll hand it over to you tell our listeners a little bit about um who you are yeah sounds like i do a lot (laughs) um but yeah that's who i am i am neatly planned um nita i'm i guess wife to the whole husband. Um, I'm a Sunday school teacher. Um, I want to be a fashion, you know, this fashion guru someday. Um, But yeah, I do a little bit of everything. I guess those are all the things that make me happy. Um, It doesn't have to be just one thing, you know. Yeah. um, I try not to box myself in. Um, One of the my favorite verses that I find in the Bible is whatever your hands um, find to do, do it well. Um, and so that's sometimes just dibbling and dabbling in a couple of different things. You know, um, planning was one of those things. I've always used like a paper planner. I use, I guess, I think they're called like the sugar plums from Target. Um, but I've always been a planner. It goes back to like my private Catholic school days. We had the agenda that your parents had to sign for your homework. Um, and so I think I've always been a planner girl. I've always been a sticker girl. Lisa Frank stickers, I hoarded them. Um, my mom thought it was insane to pay $4 for a folder, you know, like with this Lisa Frank, but it was like, it had the, um, the, what was it? Like the holographic yeah, yes. and it would shimmer. And my mom's like, yeah, but these plain blue ones are like four, $4. <laughs> like, I, I will be the outcast at school if I don't yeah. have these Lisa Frank, you know, folders and stickers. Um, 
So I think I've always been like a scrapbook girl. Um, I actually started a scrapbook when my husband and I first started dating. Um, and it was like, I'm going to show this like love story, you know, someday to our kids. And so it actually, I actually have in our original scrapbook, um, his phone number that he gave me, I'm showing my age there. <laughs> uh, so people were writing phone numbers on paper. It wasn't like pull out your cell phone. Um, so I actually have in backstory to that, I actually ripped up his number and threw it in the trash can <laughs> and it's still there the Monday when I came back to work. <laughs> I know. Thanks to the, like my yes. tutorial services for not taking out my trash. What changed your mind that you're like, maybe I will call him. Well, I thought it was like, you know, kind of one of those like fate moments. I was like, they always take out my trash. <laughs> used to be on them for taking out my trash. I was like, I'm one of those people I'm weird with smells. So it's like my trash yes. has to go out daily. And they left it there the entire no. weekend. And I was like, okay, his number's still there. He was actually, my husband um, was in the military. He was in the army. And so he was actually here for training. He was here in Wisconsin, here in Wisconsin. I'm in Arkansas now. But he was actually in Wisconsin for two weeks for like their annual training. Um, and at the time, like, with my job, we weren't able to fraternize with them. And I was like fresh out of college. I was like, I'm not losing this good job for a guy. It's like a ton of soldiers here. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Cause all of them were like players. <laughs> um, and so it was like one of those things, his number was still there. And when I finally called him, he was already back in Tennessee and we just dated long distance. Wow. Win romance. Like we dated for three months and we we're engaged. <laughs> now, well, when you know, you know, and it was left in the trash. Yeah. And you said, don't throw the trash away. Yeah. But so you have that in that book that you made. Yes. That is so awesome. That's like the backstory kind of my like crafty beginnings, I guess. What's so funny is like, I, now that you mentioned how obsessed with Lisa Frank you were, I totally see your Lisa Frank like inspiration. Like you love those yellows and purples and red and pinks. Yes. I love, give me all the rights. I'll take all. Yes. Yes. I totally see it. That's awesome. So. Yeah. So you're such a planner, babe. So, I mean, I feel like you've really grown your audience well and people know you in connection with the happy planner and like, so yeah. So how did you kind of go from like Lisa Frank being this scrapbooky person, loving planners, loving that to like being a part of this planner community that people so resonate with? Yeah. So didn't know the planner community existed. <laughs> uh, a friend actually introduced me to the happy planner. And so when they did, I was like, whoa, like these are my people. Um, and I was excited again at the time when I was introduced to, to the Happy Planner, I was a fashion merchandiser. Um, and so to me, it was like my work and planning life kind of meshed together. It was like a marriage because in what I did as a fashion merchandiser was constantly, it's basically there's a merchandiser in the displays that you see in any store that you walk in from Gap to Toys R Us there's someone's job to figure out how it is displayed in the stores from whether it's on a peg, if it's on you know, those in capsules, I always tell people, they're like, Oh, I just want to buy candy. I was like, no, that was someone's job to make these. <laughs> um, but yeah. it's the strategics behind making people buy or why they buy the why's behind it. And so at that time I was a merchandiser for banana Republic and I was doing all these really cool. They were really big. They had um, a new creative director, Marissa Webb and she was really all about like a lot of patterns and prints and so I was like oh, I can do this in my planner there's like colorful stickers and all of this stuff so basically I was I used my happy planner to merchandise and so like, we were doing like colors or we the store was a particular theme I 
kind of played around with those patterns and colors in my planner to kind of get inspiration. So it was like a light bulb went off when I was introduced to like the happy planners and the colors and stickers. Yeah. And all of that, like jazzing up your planner. I'm a like fashion girl. So I was like, oh, I get to accessorize my planner. I love it. I, I would love to hear how you kind of picture yourself as creative or yourself as resourceful, if they're blended, just in both respects, kind of, how do you feel you're crafty? Yeah. So with me, one of the things I'm super frugal. Um, <laughs> and so that's part of my crafts crafty resourceful comes in because literally like I've done, I think you've seen some of the work that I've done as far as like event planning. Um, but right. part of it came out, I was like, Oh, I can do that. Which part of that is I might need to work on what I'm actually <laughs> capable of doing. But it was one of those things. that's like, why would I pay someone where, you know, Pinterest is everyone's best friend when I could figure this out myself. Um, I think I'm pretty, you know, pretty crafty overall, but it was really one of those things. It was out of necessity. It's like, you know, I can't spend money even back then. Like my mom was, you know, military, like old school. They had like a set budget on what they were going to pay for like back to school clothes. And so even in high school, I was like the girl, like before Miss Me jeans came out, I was blinging people's jeans out. I was like, de you know, deconstructing because my mom didn't believe in paying money for ripped up jeans. So <laughs> I was distressing them myself. So it really came out of a necessity. Like my mom just was not that lady. And it was like some of the craftiness I had to do and learn how to do as, as far as event plannings and things like that, just because I didn't have the money to do it. Or once I got to a place in adulthood, I could afford to do it. I didn't want to spend money on it because I yeah. could do that myself. Like floral arrangements, all of that. I've mastered all of that just because I, ha I've, I wanted to teach myself how to do it just so I could keep the money. Yeah. Yeah. It's like planner supplies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. And I feel like um like a lot of people don't identify with that. Like I always think like when I hear you ladies like talk about that and say, Oh, well, I've always been resourceful. I've always thought about what could I do, what could I do. I think to myself, like, yes, because that's like our personality as crafty as females, like it's almost ingrained in us that we wouldn't do anything else. But then I think, how could you teach somebody that too. Like if someone came to me and said, oh, you know, I, I, you're just crafty and I'm not. And I think to myself all the time, like, but you can be like, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I like, I always try and listen for, is that something that my, to our interview is like, is that something you taught yourself or is that some, it always feels like something you were just born to know to do or took it upon yourself to do? Cause it was like this inner yeah, I don't know because neither one of my sisters, so I'm the middle child of three girls. Neither one of my sisters are crafty at all. Like they don't mm. enjoy it. Like literally my sister wants me to fly down to Arizona to do my niece's birthday party. Like she is like anti-crafty. <laughs> it's like my niece wants this Alice in a Wonderland kind of party. And my sister's like, yeah, don't have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> it's Pinterest. Like, yeah a million and one ideas for that you know but again I think it's really one of those things like you know my older sister you know when we were growing up she wanted things like um like my youngest sister liked um like the little biology you know what are they called like the test tubes the test tubes but it was almost like the science like the geo rocks and oh yeah yeah I wanted those remember like those big massive markers and colored pencil sets Yes. So that's and they come I'm, in like a briefcase. Yes. Like I've always, I've been that kid always. Like I remember like um, uh, Mattel came out with like a Barbie. Remember it was like almost like an etch and you put like the paper on top. Yes. Yes. So that and was And you mix me. and match the heads. Yes. So that was me. And so I think even in that, like 
even at a young age, you could see kind of who was geared more to like being really creative. And I was always, my mom always bought like the little craft do-it-yourself sets for me or bead work. I've always liked to do things like that with my hands. And I think part of that was my mom just trying to keep me busy. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it does play into like the different personality types that for some other kid that wouldn't keep them busy. It would just my turn them off. So interested. yeah, I think of that all the time. I'm like, Crafty is a trait that you can practice and build upon, but it's also like you're either a crafty kid or you're not at birth. Like, and that also helps, I think. That's definitely, you can definitely train yourself to like be crafty and you can definitely like sit down with those like, you know, DIY paint by numbers. But there's something about that like resourcefulness and that creative like part that doesn't shut off in your brain that like some other people don't have. Yeah, I was a kid. I definitely, again, my parents didn't believe in spending a ton of money. Like they believed in like investing and you want to save for a rainy day. That was my mom. You always save for a rainy day. And so it was like, I would see trends and things like that. Like I remember like the patchworks, like that was like the new kid on the block in the patchworks. So she took me to the craft store and we bought like the iron on patches and stuff like that. And like, I would go get like a denim jacket and like repurpose it. Like, again, I think some of the craftiness came out of my mom was like, you can do that. Like she encouraged it, but yeah. part of it, she wasn't going to pay for it. Yeah. 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 You know, those same jackets would be like 80 bucks, but I could make it for myself using like an old denim jacket and you know, it maybe cost $10. Yeah. Yeah. And you learn and I, I just, so much from that. Yeah. You really do. Yeah. And it, again, when you go into stores, even as a merchandiser, it's like, mm, no, again, we know that trends are going to change, especially like with fast fashion, you know, it goes in and out before you really can even, mm-hmm. you know, kind of make a collection out of it. So with me, it's like, I'll invest in good, like solid, sturdy pieces that I know are like timeless pieces, I right. people. but like the other stuff, I just play around with it. And I'm like the queen of like, I love thrifting because you can find so many like great things. Yeah, better quality, they're long-lasting. It's true. Yeah, if you find it in the thrift store and it's lasted that long, it's going to last you longer than, you know, the shirt you buy and you wash it five times and you're like, oh, now it only comes up to the middle of my waist. You're doing great for some of the retailers. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Let's not even go there. But I feel like that whole thing, like even thrifting, I feel like, is that crafty thing that goes off in our brains that goes, oh, I could try this. Oh, I could try this. Oh, I could try it. Like that's, to me, that's what it sounds like in my head. Like once I see something that inspires me or excites me, then it's like that play of like, my brain doesn't shut up of all the ways that I can, which is like, yeah. It's fun just to even go, like I always tell people too, they're like, oh, I don't want to spend money making stuff. I was like, you can go to Goodwill and buy like, you know, some old frames and repurpose. I remember like my first little office, I went and bought like these really cool frames and like spray painted them. Cause again, it was like my first job after college. I wasn't really making any money, but I wanted my office to, you know, be this chic, cute, girly. And I didn't have the money for it. So yeah. I was like, I had to kind of make it work for me. So I went, I think I spent maybe like a total of like $25 and it was one of those, you know, like, I think that was like when trading spaces was like the big, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, I can do this on a budget. Yeah. And again, it's like, have all these resources out there um to help you do these really cool things where some of them I just thought you know I think it would be fun like this cost me a dollar like how how great can I make this look yeah 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 it's so true challenge to that it's so true and that resourcefulness of yours and that natural innovative like quality is 
evident in everything you do. Like that's what we picked up right away. So from a planner community perspective, um, I feel like that's not that it's lacking in the planner community. I don't want to say that, but I feel like it's much easier to buy a product and showcase the product and be like, look at me when I did with this product. But yet you're like, I don't need that new one. I could almost try this and do that. So, you know, I've always, we've always seen that from you from the beginning. And I love that your planner Instagram just has that keep going kind of. Yeah, I think it was one of those things, um, like one of the newer hashtags that they're doing now is like the planner plunge. Mm. Um, and it's basically you're supposed to, you know, do something different that you've never done in your planner, you know, or push yourself out of the comfort zone. Because it's basically, again, I think you and I have kind of privately talked about that. Mm. Like it's become the mean girls thing where it's like, mm -hmm. you don't have the latest and greatest. You can't play with us. Um, and so for one of the planner plunges, cause I get that all the time in my inbox, like I can't afford, you know, the newest pages. I don't feel comfortable posting my spread. And I'm like, why it's your real life. Like mm -hmm. post it, whether it's paper to pen, like for years, that's all I have is paper to pen. Like it's okay. If you're using it, if it's helping you in your day-to-day -day life, that's okay. Um, right. for one of the planner pl plunges I did, I did a magazines. I cut out old magazine graphics out of a magazine and I used a glue stick. No nope. yeah. Tombow adhesive, you know, none of these dot sticks, none of that. Just a glue, like elementary glue stick and old magazines. Even, mm -hmm. I mean, that's, you could have, you know, we all get those, um, food, you know, the little coupon things that I call them like the fillers, the mailers, the filler yeah. mills. And you could use that to do a spread. Like you don't need stickers. You don't need the newest whoever brand to do a pretty spread. Like you just need right. to be creative enough to think outside the box. Totally. Totally. And I feel like in the beginning when, I want to say the beginning, but it might still be in the, I don't know where we are in the planner, in the planner community timeline, but I just feel like, yeah, yeah, I just feel like it was more about that innovation. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of miss that a little bit. I feel like we've, you know, because when things, I think it's when things get popular and mainstream that you kind of lose that because of, I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, feel yeah, like... no, I think you, you're on a really good point. Um, when things hit like a critical mass, then it's more about maintaining that critical mass than it is about getting to that critical mass. Yeah, I, I agree with that with 100%. I think initially when I got into um, just planning and not necessarily just the happy planner, I think it was just people being creative, using it in different ways. I think, um, I remember Katie did a project where she used and made like inspiration rocks that like affirmation rocks with the like the Mambi stickers and, you know, just using them outside of just in your planner. Cause that's mm -hmm. me, like, if I can use them in other areas of my life, great. I want to get my money's worth because again, yes. if we're all having these millions, again, I'm the prime person of that. You know, we have these books, you know, I think there's like 53, you know, of the Mambi sticker books. We only have <laughs> four <laughs> weeks in a month. Like if you put like, you know, a hundred stickers per layout, you couldn't use them all. So it's like, what else can we do with? What else can yeah. we make? Like, I don't use just my stickers and my supplies only in my planner. Like, I love affirmation cards. Um, and I'm, like, a firm believer. Like, I have to have it more than just 
in my planner. Like I need to have it when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. I need to have one like or a sticky note on my computer, on my desk. Like it's a constant reminder. It's not like a, okay, I read my affirmation today. I feel wonderful. It's like, no, today sucks. Okay. I need to read it again. Like I need yes. to make myself believe it. Um, and I think it's, that's one of the things like even within the planner community, like I need creativity, not just in my planner. I need it like because it's one of the things that makes me happy. So I need to find yes. other ways that I can do that. I think I share with you before, like I'm in one of, it's called the Creative Card Angels group. So it's like using all of these massive supplies that we poured it to do good. And basically what the group does, they flood um, individuals' mailboxes with cards, like handmade cards. So like children that have been bullied, um, you know, individuals or planner girls that are sick, um, it's just a way just to spread good using your creativity. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I do it at my church. I am usually like the go-to. Now we have like, I go to a big church. Um, so it's like we have like, we have almost 9,000 members. And so we have people on staff that literally help with event planning. But when it comes to like meeting like something fun, like the young adults had like a game night. So I created these huge big dice you know, other ways that I can use my creativity and give back. And so this is a way, like, again, like we, you know, in the churchy, you know, you would say using your gifts for the kingdom. Like, it's a great way that yeah. my gift of creativity and give back to others. You know, it seems silly, but for me, it's super helpful. And it makes me feel good because again, I might not be, I sing, but I'm not like a soloist or vocalist, you know? And so it's like, hey, here's a way that I can give back to my church just in a different way. And I think you, as a creative, you have to look for opportunities and ways to be able to use that more than just for yourself. I think that's absolutely true. And you're really good at that. <laughs> you're really good. Like even, I will link to that card um, thing that you were talking about. Anyone could be a member or you have to like, no, it's yeah. like a Facebook group. And so they oh. send, like invites when, um, so again, like you or I could put in um, that we want to send cards to, you know, maybe a mom mm. or a friend that may be down. And so they would send a request for the group members to um, send out cards and then they give the address or they'll might have a contact person because they try to like send them all at once. So they'll collect them. Usually it's one of the admins that you send it to and then they'll post once the person's received like the cool package. And it's so awesome. That's really students, awesome. Students, that is like, great. It was one little boy, like he tried to commit suicide, you know, he was <sighs> extremely bullied. And so it was just a great way to like show love and encouragement to him. So I love like when the planning or like crafty community comes together like that. That's like stuff that I love. And yes. With, um, Sweet Stamp Shop did the, they had like a Viva Las Vegas stamp. Um, and so she did a promotion where anyone who bought that stamp or made a card, it was actually anyone who made a card um, using that Viva La Las Vegas stamp, they sent all those cards to the victims of that shooting. Mm. Um, and so again, that's another area where like the crafty community came together and did good. And they did like, I can't remember what the number was, but it was like over a thousand cards went to that. Wow. And I think that's so important. We had an episode last season about things that you could do to get over your creative rut. When you make it not about you, when you make it about things that are more important than you, higher than you, that's how you get over your creative rut. That's how you become a better creator. That's how you enhance your skills when you're like, you know, this isn't about me. This is about someone else who needs me more than me. And you just make a little piece of art and it's, it, it literally saves lives. And breaks your rut. Yeah. There's no ego in the way. There's no, exactly. this has to be good for sharing or this has to be up. Yeah. Oh, I love Instagrammable that. or Pinterestable. Yeah. 
that's what it is. It's like, and a lot of that stuff, like I never post about any of that stuff because it's just me personal. Again, um, we do all this stuff, you know, we're part of these like PR teams and it's like, look at me, look at me, my pretty perfect spread. But it's like, because it's, you know, you do that for the PR team. So it's almost like a little assignment or work. Um, and sometimes when you do it so much or it's an overload, like you need to kind of be refueled with your mm-hmm. Um, and so those moments like that for me are fun. It kind of helps to keep keep it light. Yeah, not yes. for the likes. It's not for the likes. And it's it's so important. It just it recenters you. Definitely. It's definitely like I've um I decorated our teen um our teen girls bathroom and I did like these affirmation cards and I just wrote like, you know, with lipstick on their mirrors in the girls' bathroom and um, my youth pastor was like, what are you doing? I was like, this is important. Um, I was like, because girls, we don't always see ourselves the way other people. Um, and sometimes you just need someone to tell you, Hey, you're smart. You're beautiful. Like you're creative. You can do this. Don't give up. And so like we did like the potty talk. So we did like the inside of the bathroom stalls and we did the mirrors, but it was so like, they were like Snapchatting it and taking photos of it. It was like a big deal to them. Um, yes it it took me all of 20 minutes you know yes Um, and you need that especially at that age especially in that place so I think you know as creatives if you know you're in this funk like look if you open your eyes and look for ways again like most of like our children's hospital here every Halloween they have like where you can create like costumes for the um, NICU baby and so like out of like felt like you can make little hats like again I'm just one of those people I look for ways that I can like sew that back to people um and so those are really cool ways like they have here in my city they have an ALS um they call it the um, mad hatters for ALS they do like where they do these creative hats and literally I mean they're just hats that we kind of like you know add stuff too, but we have a theme every year. So last year was Alice in Wonderland. The year before that were like the villains, the Disney villains. Again, you have to look. I'm always looking for ways. And I think people too within my area know, they're like, hey, if you got something creative, you know, <laughs> you want to grab Nita. But again, I look for ways that I can do things like that. I was going to say, you find you have like a good way to find them. I was almost going to ask you like, <laughs> where do you find them? Is it through your church? Do you get connected? Because like... Yeah, and so some of it is like um, with the, like the Mad Hatters. It was actually one of my friends, a fellow merchandiser. She did the show previously, and she was telling me about it. I'm like Gap Cares. Um, you know, I work for Banana Republic, so through Gap Inc. You know, we did like we did centerpieces for the Boys and Girls Club. You know, um, it's just getting out there and finding. Sometimes you can call. Hey. I'm a crafty person. I was wondering if there's any area, especially with, if you have every, pretty much almost every city or state has a children's hospital, they're always looking for cards. Um, Literally they decorate um, because many of the families are away from home. So usually almost every holiday they decorate um, like for the different holidays. So for Easter, for Christmas, they do like a big, so even if you're not directly working with the families on the craft, they need like, they call them the helpers during Christmas time to turn the hospital into like Santa's workshop Mm. because they, we have to find ways because again, to kids, you got to find out how Santa Claus can get there. So we decorate the hospital and create kind of this like workshop so that the kids, like basically they bring the kids to these different floor to the floor basically that we've created, but they even have like a little cart that goes to the rooms where the kids can't move. So it's like, like, find ways there's like almost every children's hospital, like your local boys and girls club have um, events that they need, like 
creative hands to help with projects because again they don't have the funding for it no, that's so good <laughs> that's what you are and and i love that too it it again because like when you were talking about the vegas um incident and that and like i remember watching that on the news and having all this energy that I didn't know what to do with. Like it was like all this frustration or like I want to help and I don't know how to help and like just sadness and like wishing I could reach out. And that would have been like the perfect way to do that. Yeah, I wish it was like, you know, a form or something that we could share, you know, opportunities to give back through crafting. Um, because again, there's literally, there's so many, even like your local nursing homes, like I do cards, like the adopter grandparents, I do cards. Um, cause usually they'll have like a birthday list at like, literally I live across, there's a 65 and up, um, independent living across the street from where I live. And so they're always, you know, again, many of them don't have family members that go see them and just delivering a card, like just mm -hmm. letting someone know that you're thinking about them. Like so many people are forgotten about. Yeah. And I love too that like, I know you as neatly planned and we started this whole thing by talking about the planner community and you were so ready to be like, yeah, I'm neatly planned, but here's what else I do. Like, I love that too. And that kind of speaks to one of the questions we wanted to touch on where, you know, we talk about social media a lot in this podcast and like, basically how have you evolved as a person who shares work like you do share your creative work on neatly planned but you obviously have all this whole other wealth of creative work that you do that you don't share and like it's I guess it's a bit of a balance question or like how does social media kind of play into your life or not so um I think that's been kind of like the evolution of neatly planned I think initially when I got into the planner community you know it's like post every day I'm going to show you this and I made this and I'm going to post this and I'm going to post two or three times a day. Yeah. Um, you can get burned out really quick doing that. Um, I'm very transparent. Like I'm not one person on social media and another person in real life. Like you get Nita. Um, I'm the same. Um, but what I found through that was sharing all of this stuff again. Then it was like, I didn't have anything left for me creatively. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, start seeking out these other outlets that we just talked about to kind of refuel that again in my everyday job, you know, again, at that time I was a fashion merchandiser. I was working with Cutso for Project Runway doing shows like getting ready for fashion week. I was just burnt out creatively. Like we were going through the motions, but I wasn't inspired at all. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was like oversharing. Like I want to inspire. I want to, you know, again, I think it's, become part of that. Like people look for my layouts or how I'm mm -hmm. using a particular product. And I want to be that, but I also have to remember, um, part of my makeup and who I am and the things we talked about a little bit of what makes me happy, um, is being creative. And so I don't want to share to the point where I no longer love it. And I so think that's really I, important. I skip a day. I don't post anything. That's okay. And then sometimes it's just, um, I remember last year, my husband and I went to Jamaica and for six days we were completely unplugged and I came back so refreshed. I didn't feel like I needed to post and, you know, show my planner in the ocean. And, you know, it was just like, I enjoyed the trip. I was present. Yeah. Um, and so if that means posting a little less to make sure that I'm actually enjoying the moments, um, I want to do that. And so that's kind of what I've kind of, um, my one little word this year has been focused. Um, I want to make sure that I'm focused on the important things, the people and the things that matter most to me. And that's what I'm giving my time to. I think that's really, really important, especially when, you know, you feel that 
that not being present in your life and then you're just like but what what happened how did that whole week or month or like season go by where where is everything and then you do something like you know you go away for for six days and you're like this is what life is supposed to feel like again yeah I agree with that and it, it got to a point too it's like am I making this because it makes me happy and I really want to use it or am I making it because I need something to post for Wednesday? Like, am I creating content that I love that really reflects it's, is it my best? Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I feel like as a creative person, when we are posting every day and we're in that innovation zone, it's, comes easy and we can post every day because we're so in the zone. We're so in line with like who we are yeah, and I think too, again, it's what people see on social media, um, especially for us that have quite a bit of, of a platform. The behind the scenes is we usually photograph and do all of that content, usually like within a two or three day span. Usually for me, when I'm all in, when I'm in the zone, I'm in it. And I like mm-hmm. try to like knock it out while I'm in it. Like I got my Disney music going, I'm a jazz, <laughs> like I'm all in. Um, and so it's like, then I take my photographs after I'm done creating. And so I think some people think it's like every day I'm like trying to get the perfect shot. It's not. When I'm creating, I'm in it and I'm doing it. And when I'm not, I'm on the couch <laughs> or reading a book or, you know, outside or being with my whole husband on a whole day. <laughs> um, and so, and that's what I've really tried to focus more on. When I'm in those moments to be all in, you know, I have my office door closed and I'm like knocking it out. And when I'm not, I can just enjoy those moments and keep them separate. Not like I'm on the couch, we're kind of watching a movie and I'm kind of creating. It's like, I'm not giving a hundred percent to either one of the things. And that was something I had to learn. I had to learn a balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you're talking about it being a learned thing. (laughs) Yeah, no, it, it didn't start that way. It was like, my husband's like, you're on your phone all the time. Like, because because again, you're like looking at other people and you're liking and you want to be engaged and you want to, and he's like, Hey, me, me. Yeah. Not the bad way. It was just like, honestly, like I just was oblivious to it. And I was like, well, he's, he's pretty awesome. Like, I was yeah. too. You know, again, it's like you have to find balance because, again, it's like it's the new shiny thing that was in my life at the time. So it was like, I was all in. You know, I was like, yeah. it's amazing. But it's like, yeah. it's real life too. You know, like I am a wife. I work full time. I work a full time job. You know, I have all these, you know, side things that I do as well. Um, and I have to be present in each thing Yeah. When, when it, when that thing is in front of me and needs my attention. Yeah. And you are clearly a person who wants to excel at all of the things that you do. And it's really hard to do that when, you know, you have Netflix on and you have your phone in one hand and you're holding your husband's hand with the other hand and you've got your planner on the table in front of you and you're like, mm, okay. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one of those things like, um, my husband and I always talk about even in a relationship, there has to be compromise, but you always want to be teachable and coachable. Um, and so it's like, for me, it's like, okay, I thought I was doing a good job, but not really, you know, and I could have been defensive and be like, no, I'm doing great at everything. But realistically, I wasn't. Um, and so you have to be open and honest. Like my husband and I, we're brutally honest with one another, um, but it helps us to push one another to be better. Um, again, I don't want to be with anybody or around people that are just going to allow me to be stagnant and not call me out when I need to change. Um, And so, again, I always tell people you have to do a circle check. Um, If the people around you aren't pushing you to be the best you, 
you might need some different people around you. Um, and I believe that in all areas of my life, whether, you know, it be spiritually, physically, mentally, if it's not helping me and I'm not, because again, I think friendships and relationships should go two ways. Um, they should go both ways. And so if you're always the person encouraging and pushing that person, that might not be the person for you either. Because again, I call those, those are just, I call them like joy suckers. Like yes. all the good things about you, but they don't want to give anything back. Right. And so for me, it's like, I'm very, I'm, I'm almost too self-aware when it comes to things like that. So it's like, it's a good and a bad thing. Like I'm learning to, again, I have to adapt. I have to change because I'm growing as a person. Um, but the needs of my family and my life have changed. So it's required me to grow in those areas too. So I have to give a little less time to social media because again, social media is not my full-time job. Yes. Do I get compensated for the things that I do? Absolutely. Um, but again, if I have to choose whether or not I want to be great, you know, I call it an Insta world or in real life, I'm always going to pick my real life. Always. I want yeah. to be an amazing wife. I want to be a good friend. I want to be a great Sunday school teacher. Those are the areas of my life I would rather excel in. Because a good real life produces good, shareable yes. planner pages or whatever it is. Like That's what people for, like forget. <laughs> To be a yeah. good, authentic person is going to produce yeah. more authenticity. You don't have to fake it for the gram. Absolutely. So one of the platforms that you are on is you're a part of the Black Women Who Plan community. So can you talk a bit about that and what's your perspective on just like the presence or the lack thereof of diversity in crafting? Um, so Black Women Who Plan and Create is a group of, it's a Facebook group, over 20,000 women of color. Um this group was, again, born out of necessity. Um, they did not feel like it was created. The founder, Mary Burgess, um, created it because they, she didn't feel like we were represented within the crafting planning community. A lot of it became because it gave a platform for shop owners to play their work of, again, like within the um, crafting community or planning community, it's really hard to find women of color, stickers and things that reflect our ethnicity. Uh, Absolutely. find stickers that look like me or for my daughter or, um, and so it became a group kind of almost like a sorority where we could come and meet and share our love of planning and crafting all together. It started as a Facebook group? It is a Facebook group. And oh. they also have an Instagram as well. Um, and so of course they have just like the other big, you know, happy planner groups or, you know, A5 groups. Um, and so again, in there we share inspiration. It's not just planning, you know, it's self-care they share, um, planner spreads. Again, it's a platform for shop owners to, you know, showcase their work. Um, but it's also, again, like it's keeping one another in the know um, within the planner community. Of course, um, many design teams are called. So in this group, we share, we share tips with one another. If you're interested in getting in, you know, a part of a design team or on a PR team, you know, what you need to do. It's constantly, you know, sharing information where in other groups that information probably would be withheld because they don't want you, you know, feeling like you have a one up on them. And um, this mm. is just, it's like a sisterhood, honestly. Um, through this group, it's like subgroups. They have like a black woman who plan and create just kind of like a girlfriend's group where you just talk about life and they share tips on, you know, relationship and life and they have a book club. Um, but again, it's just women who can relate to your everyday life and struggles. Again, I think um, being on the Happy Planner design team kind of catapulted, you know, who I am in this planner community. Um, because again, there weren't a lot of women of color on the major design team. You know, when we think of like the big companies, women of color aren't represented.
I mean, just even, you know, and I, again, I always tell people, I used to say this was in college because I went to a predominantly white university. I could say, I can only speak on my experiences. Um, and what I will say, I will say, um, I think some of the opportunities, again, I talk about how many other amazing, super creative um, women of color that I've met in this community that don't have a fraction of my following that don't, you know, their work isn't recognized and they are amazing, amazing illustrators, scrapbookers, you know, women that color with the Copics and all, you know, again, I won't say that I'm like the best at any of that. You know, I think I have my niche of what I do well, um, but there are so many other women that I'm just like, you know, again, anytime that I can highlight them, I try my best to. Um, but yeah. again, it's like with anything else, I've said this to Amanda, her and I have had this conversation privately. I think part of that is I fit an image. Um, and I've made it a point more too, like even just with my natural hair, like um, it's almost they're afraid if you, if you're too strong, if you're too pro-black um, and you have to be very cautious of that because again, when you're connected with brands, you represent that brand. And usually, especially if you're on a PR team, um, you are speaking on behalf of those brands. And I think for some of the women of color, they feel like some of the injustices and things that have gone on, they'd like to speak about them on their personal pages is what those Instagram accounts are. Now, again, there's no brand on our Instagram account. It's our personal pages. We can post, we have the freedom to post whatever, but you risk not being able to represent these brands or be a part or they don't want to be associated with that for fear that it will you know it will uh, not as marketable exactly it's not as marketable or you know it might rock the boat um it doesn't fit into this cookie glass cut um way of you know this pristine brand that they have um and i think for me because i've treated neatly planned from the beginning as if it was a brand um, and so again, you know, I don't talk politics. I really, you know, I share my faith, but even then it's not like, a, I'm not going to beat it across your head. I've never been that. I don't share my faith with people in real life. You know, anybody that I end up talking, you know, about my religion too, it's been through some personal connection or something like that. Um, but again, I've chosen to leave that off of that. And so again, that makes me more ideal than someone, you know, maybe they have their entire planners, you know, women of color stickers, you know, with Afro or, you know, super um, Afrocentric, you know, or like I've seen girls do spreads that were like Black Lives Matter, like Honey Bee Shop, she did like a Black Lives Matter um, illustration for the Black women who plan and create, and it was awesome. Um, so again, you have some shop owners that, and usually those are like the smaller shop owners that will you know support or do women of color i know it was a big big deal when um a particular brand the black woman who planned to create asked you know hey are you gonna you know make a sticker a particular sticker with the darker skin tones and it was like a big deal like well you can color it in if you like that's rude oh but i mean that's literally like some of these major companies that's been their response even though we buy and we or just like any other, any other race would as well. And so again, um, I think the group was created out of necessity. Yes. It was a way for us to come together and share our love. Because again, even in some of those groups, if you speak out, then it's like a mob. Right. No, I think that that like as a white woman, that's my job is to speak out to these other white women and say like, listen, 
we're not doing a good job here. Like, where are our black friends? Like, where are they? They're not here. Why? Like, why aren't our black friends here? Why aren't they on our design teams? Why aren't we talking about this with them? Why are they facing these struggles alone? Like, we're doing a really bad job and this is something we need to talk about. Yeah, and I think even with that, you know, again, we see when when we see these PR announcements and it's not, again, and I can speak this for a fact because I've, you know, I've been on several design teams, you know, Sweet Stamp Shop, Mommy Lay, like I've been on some of the bigger design teams. Um, But I think too, and I've said this before, even within the Black women who plan to create, it's not for the lack of them not applying and not having the talent. I think a lot of it is, it doesn't, they don't fit their brand. And when I say that, it's again, it's that cookie cutter, you know, I'm like this bubbly, you know, thin black girl. And, you know, usually like I have extensions and I, I look a certain way. And I think, again, it's like, forget about the pictures and what it looks right. like. Look at the talent. And that's, right. yes. Amanda and I have talked about that. Even with Neatly Planned, like I didn't post a lot of photos because I wanted it to be about the work, the content. Right. Sometimes people are judged on the looks before they're even, people ever look at the work. Yeah. And it, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's even one of my poems that I came up with for my 100 day, whatever, but it's those same companies that do this, whether they're aware of it or not, right? And, and that then post empowered women empower women. But the truth is empowered women empower all women, not just, you know, like love is not, love is blind, not love is brand. That's what I feel like. It's just like, you know, not just the ones that are on brand. They can't just be like you saying that and then just being empowering the ones on brand. Like it can't, it has to also be those people that don't have beautiful pages yet or that speak their mind because this is what's on their mind. Like, I just feel like that's the problem. Right. If you're interested in authentic stories, then you need to be interested in all authentic stories. Yeah. No, I just agree a hundred percent. I think there should be equal representation, especially now it's, it's, you know, more than 20,000 within that group. But how many, again, like when I got on the design team, like, I mean, literally, I think, you know, I got thousands of just women of color. They were just excited. I got so many inboxes of women just saying, hey, it is so great for them to, you know, acknowledge and we get to see your work and your work is put on display and you make all of us look good. Like, thank you. Thank you for representing us well. Like, and so again, I kind of treat Neely Planned as a business because again, of the platform that I have, the amount of followers, it will allow some of these other companies to see women of color in a different light. Wow. Yes. We've been having such an amazing conversation with Nita. You can see and hear more of it via a free bonus video on our Patreon page. You can check that out for free at patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. And I also want to take one second to remind you of the content warning that I mentioned at the top of the show before I throw it back to Amanda for our next question. Nita, you are like, when I think of you in Resourceful, like, and you've touched upon it a few times during our convo where you totally, you like have almost a second nature way to refuel your, your tank, right? I feel that about you where you, and you've brought it up, like in a lot of your stories, it was like, there she goes, like she's refueling and that whole kind of thing. So, you know, you've, I'm so appreciative that you decided to come on and share a little bit about this with us. Um, You've recently gone through one of the most 
painful things that I think anyone can ever experience. And yet, you know, you're steadfast in remaining positive and remaining joyful. And again, I think as I was hearing you talk, like that's what it is. You, you're, you're able to come up with ways to refuel yourself or refuel your things that you feel have depleted. So my question is just like, what do you feel is your source of strength and how is that, has that been like a learned thing to be able to kind of call upon your strength again? Um, I think it's a choice. Um, literally, um, my grandmother, um, I was raised by my grandmother and she used to tell me, and I used to think it was the meanest thing in the whole wide world. She used to tell me, leave your feelings under the pillow when you get up in the morning. And I just thought that was just so mean. Like, (laughs) how could you say that to me? Um, but it, it causes you to be tougher. You know, again, I think of just experiences that I've had in life and I look around and see some of my friends and they haven't gone through half of the things that I've gone through, but they've had moments in their life where it broke them. It shattered them. Um, of course, you know, I'm a Sunday school teacher and my husband's a worship leader. Um, my faith is very much knitted into who I am. Um, but I think a lot of it is, it's a choice. Um, the event that you're talking about, my son, I lost my son. Um, I gave birth to my son, Christopher Aiden, on March 28th, and he passed away on April the 5th. Um, So for eight days, I got to be his mom, Um, and it was like the best, most amazing feeling ever. Um, And two days after that, we made a choice, my husband and I. We cried. You know, I'm very transparent. We cried, and I snotted, and I was frustrated, and I was mad, and I was angry. Um, But when you get done doing all of that, the fact that he's gone doesn't change. You know, I literally had made myself sick. Like I was just, I was so frustrated and I was just, you know, my heart was broken. Again, this is, this is the little person that I gave birth to, you know, I carried him. Um, but we made a choice and literally we chose joy. Um, it's easier said than done. Um, but it was a choice. I mean, literally him and I sat down and we choose joy. And what that means is we have other things in our life that we still have to live for. We have one another, you know, um, one of the scriptures that we always refer to and all things give thanks. Um, and my husband's a worship leader. And I always tell people, it's so easy to sing those songs and to sing God's praises when everything mm-hmm. is amazing and going well in life. And, you know, oh, we just got blessed and we got this and life is just fantastic. I want to thank the Lord for my new house and all the good things. Um, but I think the true test in our faith comes, can we do it when it doesn't go the way that we expect or when we experience disappointment and loss? Um, I think that's when your, your faith is really shaped. In those moments when it's tough, can you still do it? Um, and we made a choice. Now, absolutely, I have amazing days. Today is a great day. Um, and I have bad moments. But in those moments, I have a really good friend that tells me, you have to control your thoughts. Um, and that goes back to my affirmations. Um, Every day, it is a choice in those moments when it doesn't feel good. You know, I miss my son. Absolutely. I've had people inbox me like, you're doing so well. You look well. Um, But it is a choice. It is a choice. Choosing joy is literally my hashtag, if you follow me, has been finding joy. Finding joy in everyday moments. And so creating and crafting, it makes me happy. Um, The project I was telling you about, like the memory keeping, I started his Um, like a memory book for him. Um, And it was the first time that I actually really did memory keeping. Um, But doing that book made me 
think of the good moments that I had, like again, in all things, fine, um, in all things, give thanks, you know, I actually gave birth to my son. You know, I was able to physically carry him. You know, there are some women, I have friends that struggle with infertility. Um, they would give an arm and a leg their life to say that they were able to conceive and carry a child. Um, mm -hmm. And so we, we can have pity parties in life. But again, it mm -hmm. always takes me back to my grandmother saying, you, you need to leave your feelings under the pillows when you get up in the morning. Um, because again, if we want to have this woe is me pity party, there's mm -hmm. always someone who experiences, um, worse things than us. Um, part of what I do now, I work in organ donation. Um, and the, my transplant center that I have is our children's hospital. It is the very hospital that my son passed away at. Um, but I can look at that and be like, it sucks. You know, like this is the very place that I have to work at. I have to, but I also, I have new insight. I know, again, if anyone knows about organ donation, typically, you know, there's a moment where families are holding on to hope that their loved one will pull through, mm -hmm. you know, especially right before we declare them brain dead. Um, families are holding on to hope that their loved one will recover, that they will pull through somehow. Well, I've gone through that. I know what it feels like to have that, you know, you're hoping and praying that mm -hmm. this will change, that this situation won't be bad. Um, I now know what those families feel like. So I feel like in that it equips me to even do my job that much more better. You know, it allows mm -hmm. me to do it better. I know what it feels like. You know, I've had, I work in NICU and PICU when I go to these units where families, they have very sick kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I know what that feels like. Um, does it make it yeah. easier? But I feel like it gives me credibility for what I do. Mm -hmm. My son wasn't big enough to um, be an organ donor, but had he been able to, Absolutely, because I believe strongly in what I do. I'm passionate mm -hmm. about it, just like anything else that I do. Um, and again, it is a choice. I could have looked at it, that situation and told my director, hey, I need to switch hospitals. You know, this is too, too tough for me. Um, but usually in life for me, when I've encountered tough situations, it has helped shape me um, in a way that only through experience you're able to do it. You can't take a shortcut, I guess, basically, in some of those life experiences. Like it's only through endurance that you are able to get to the other side. And so I don't know what that looks like for me in my life, but I know, again, super, it's my faith. But, you know, the scripture tells us all things work together for good. Mm -hmm. um, and I told some of the, my friends that were around me, I was like, um, it doesn't feel good to me, but God is still good. It's a choice. Um, and again, like I said, it's easy to do it when everything is great. Mm -hmm. um, but I know for myself, it is, it's encouraged me because again, we read these things, but until it feels real or you're in a situation where, you know, not even just, you know, my faith is as a Christian, but anyone, it's until your faith really, you're put in a situation where you're relying on that, that you believe. Yeah, you can't be brave until you have to be brave. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you don't really know what you're made of. You know, my mom always told me, she's like, Nita, you're really strong. You're really strong. And I was like, eh, you know, I feel a little okay, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was into this situation where I know it's like through the grace of God that I have the strength. Like I literally, every day I pray for strength. I pray for comfort. Um, but what I've found is through finding joy in everyday moments. It is literally, it is a choice. Some days it's hour by hour, moment by moment, but it is a choice. Literally this, um, 
it was this pocket card mm -hmm. happened to be in my planner i had taken this to the hospital and it says today i choose joy my husband my son was in the nicu and even i took this card um it was in my planner i was taking it the day that he passed away to the hospital i had different affirmation cards up in nicu and um, because again i could look at my son and say you know he's here, you know, he's sick or, you know, but even in that, those moments there, we made him joyful. Like mm -hmm. he's still our son. You know, we, we would sing to him. We played music. We, you know, those were the moments you can choose to be sad or you can choose joy. And so again, like even the nurses, they were just like, you know, you guys are doing so well. And it's like, <laughs> it is a choice. And mm -hmm. we have the power to will our thoughts. It is, it's such a choice. <laughs> I'm so, I think we're going to maybe dive into that in after chatter because I'm so interested in just affirmations in general. I touched upon a little in like my, our mental health episode where that's been a new concept to me. So maybe we'll talk about that more in after chatter, but I, I just want to relate this so I can link it in the show notes because I feel like it could help a lot of people. But when I found out the news, um, I th my brain like flashed me to this. I've shared this with you, Nita, before, but the blog post, uh, I used to follow this blogger who lost her son at birth. I believe she carried him full term, but she lost him at birth. And she, I think the name of the post or something was called like as a childless mother. And she's kind of like expressed her, her feelings on feeling like a mother, but not having the baby there. And when I read it, I commented her, and this is what I thought about you because we did ended up speaking to you while Christopher had just, I think it was two days, right? Yeah. We ended up talking with you. And I saw on your face and your body, like you were in full joy that this, that your son was here. And I just remember thinking when I found out he passed, I was like, that, that one thing that I said to that blogger, which was, you know, you call yourself childless, but you're so childful. And I'm just, that's how I feel about you. That's how I think about you. I, I just feel like in everything you say and everything you are, like you're so full of him ever since he, he was born and you had him. Like, you know what I mean? So I just wanted to share that with you so that our listeners could hear and, and I'll link to that post and everything. But I just feel that about you. And that's it. I love you. Love you too, me. <laughs> yes. Yes. So. But you're yeah, just, I'm really you're... glad that you chose joy. Yes. And I'm glad that you talk about it as a choice. And I'm glad, like, we talked about earlier how, you know, everything is a learning process. And, and this is just one of those things that, you know, at least I you know, obviously can't speak to experience, but that, that choice of like, you know, this isn't just something that you're hardwired to do. Mm. This is a struggle. Oh yeah. And I think too, it's, again, I talk about things that you can only learn through experience. Um, again, I've experienced disappointment or loss in other areas of my life at different times in my life. And I didn't handle them well. And they mm -hmm. broke me. And the very makeup of who I am is, I, I love loving on people. And I say that all the time, but that is who I am. I am such a giver. I like, ooze hospitality. Like I love entertaining and being with people like that's who I am. Um, and so in those moments of disappointment, I allowed it to literally change who I was. And what I mean by that is it's easy to get in a funk 
uh, mm-hmm. stay there. And I think if you're not careful and if you're not aware that you're slipping into that, it can be a dark place. Mm-hmm. And there were literally moments, you know, it was a period like right before my senior um, senior year of college, like right before like the last semester of my senior graduation, like I was just, you know, <laughs> this job that I wanted, I didn't get, um, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to go to grad school, just all these unknowns. And for me being very much a planner, things weren't canning out how I planned them. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was devastating. You know, I felt like I had worked so hard. I did everything that I thought I was supposed to do. Um, and it broke me. And, and that's just being completely honest. You know, people yes. always share the good moments in their life and the successes, but they don't share how they overcome, overcame disappointment. Um, mm-hmm. And there literally was a period of like months where I just was in a funk. And when I mean by in a funk, like didn't want to go anywhere, didn't want to do anything, didn't want to get cute and go out. And I just, stayed in the house and moped and woe is me and had this pity party. Um, and one of the volunteers literally that works with me now, she's a two-time heart recipient. And what she always says is, um, you can have a pity party. She said, but no one will come. Yeah. And so for me in those moments, like I had people in my life and I'm so grateful for them that forced me like Nita, you have to get out of this. And again, yeah when you're going through those moments, you want to stay there because that's yeah. how you deeply, truly feel. Right. Um, but it was through those moments and people pushing me in finding coping techniques. <laughs> um, because again, yeah. life is going to happen. It will either bulldoze us or you can hold on for dear life and ride the ride. Right. Um, and I had to learn how to cope with disappointment. Um, part of that is, again, some of the people are like, well, what are you doing that's helping you cope so well? I journal. Mm-hmm. Of course, my faith is super strong, so I pray and fast like nobody's business. Um, self-talk, like you literally, you have to talk to yourself. Like mm. <laughs> if you're saying life sucks, you know, you have to be cautious of what you say. You're gonna feel like life sucks. It sounds silly, every blind in my house is open. From the mo- I never closed them. And that has been since the day I came home from the hospital with Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to, when the day after Christopher passed away, like all the blinds in my house are open. So when I wake up, the first thing that I see in the morning is sunlight. Mm-hmm. Like you have to control your environment. It seems silly for some people, but if I wake up in a dark, gloomy room, yeah. I'm going to feel like, ugh. Yeah. You know? it's, yeah. it's about doing the things that you don't feel like doing. You know, again, I tell my husband all the time, it's like, if I only did the things I felt like doing, I would do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Being yeah. so honest. Yeah. It's like pushing yourself when you don't feel like doing it, but you know, it's the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. It's literally like those first couple of days after Christopher passed, I literally had a, lo- a list of things that I had to do almost mm-hmm. again, because I'm such a planner. It was literally, and this is being honest. It was take a shower, mm-hmm. put a load of laundry in, get out of the room. Like it seems dumb, but I literally had to, to do myself into my day. Mm-hmm. because I could lay there and cry over. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally I'm, you know, a first time mom, like my husband and I, like we'll be married eight years in December. Like we've waited to have this baby and like, you know, I could cry, but again, it's not going to change anything. And I think that's so hard. We don't want to accept the things that don't go our way. And it mm-hmm. holds us hostage in that place. 
again, yeah. I experienced disappointments that like, I just couldn't cope that they just didn't work out, you know, whether it be, you know, a relationship, I think all women, you or, you know, we've experienced a relationship that didn't pan out and we were heartbroken. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I wish the tears of those boys, they didn't mean it. <laughs> at that moment in my life, it was a right. big deal. Huge right. deal. <laughs> um, so again, it's like having healthy ways to cope. Um, I love them, you know, Milo and May. It was like perfect timing. Cause again, like I just got released. It was like my first ability to like work out, but working out for me was a big part of my self care. Mm-hmm. It's like yes. my grandma used to say, when you look better, you feel better, but not necessarily outward. It is just when you're doing something for yourself. And so mm-hmm. working out was for me, it was like, it was a non-work thing. Um, and it just gave me a boost of energy. Yeah. So that was like taking that away and I was going through stuff. So it was like now being able to get back into working out, it was like, just again, get out and get fresh air. Um, I used to tell my, like the first couple of days when Christopher passed away, I just told my husband, I was like, I just want to be able to breathe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not feel like a heaviness. Yeah. And it seems so simple, but literally getting out, getting fresh air that day I posted, getting out, getting air, it like completely changed Mm -hmm. my mood. It's like, again, we have to change it. I didn't realize too. It's like, um, it was a particular playlist that I had created um, that I really loved listening to. It was some of my, like my favorite worship songs, but it put me back into those moments when I was in the hospital with Chris. Mm -hmm. I was unaware that it was even changing my mood because those songs immediately made me think of him or those situations that were tough or, you know, Again, being in control of that, realizing it, okay, I need to change this playlist. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not in a place right now that I can listen to those songs right. feel good. Right. It's a, yeah, that self-awareness is super important. It's coming handy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's almost not I don't want to say trick your mind, but but giving yourself what you need. Like like stopping your mind almost from tricking you back into it Absolutely. and knowing that it's okay to do that yeah like giving yourself permission to like be like I don't want this feeling right now so I'm going I'm going to do something different right people I think some people um confuse coping and I guess I guess coping and um being in denial that something mm. happened. There's a difference. Um, cause people are like, Oh, you know, I've had people ask me like, you know, are, are you really doing well? And I was like, no, I really am. Like, <sighs> it's not fake. It's the truth. Yeah. I think most people in life, when they experience this type of loss, they grieve. Like it's, right. uh, Oh my God. I can't, I mean, even like we had a memorial service for Christopher. Um, and I didn't shed one tear. Um, because mm. again, I wanted his memorial to be, it was, you know, private. It was just our fa- friends and family, like really close friends and family. Um, but I wanted it to be uplifting and encouraging. Um, and again, I didn't want, we were outside. Like when our guests came, we were greeting them. We weren't doing the whole, you know, the family is sitting down. It's sad and gloomy. Like I didn't want that. Yeah. Um, and again, I think it's, we, we have the ability to control how we feel. Yes. It is a choice. You know, again, I'm sure most people would have been okay with me for the next year if I just wanted Mm. to cry and, you know, be sad and just, but I would be a mess. And I told my Mm -hmm. husband, I was like, I'm afraid if I did that, I'd never come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like, what, what literature was Miss Havisham from? I don't know. She was, do you know, Kristen, that, that book, like Miss Havisham, they always reference her because she lost the love of her life and then spent like the next like 50 years of her life, like in her same wedding dress, like locked in a closed room, like eating her wedding cake. Like, I don't know. It's a character in a book. Uh, yeah. It's I great always, expectations. Yes. I always think to myself, like I could get to that level. I definitely could. You like when I, something yourself. doesn't go. Yeah. You can. Yes. Like, I mean, in those moments, like those first two days were like, they were overwhelming. Um, and I just was like, I mean, literally we, and my husband, you know, he's, I call him like my GI Joe. He's not a crier. He's not, I mean, but he, I've never, you know, I've never, of course it's, you know, it's his son. Of course. I know he grieves him, but it was just like, we can't stay here for Mm. us. We, we Mm. can't, you know, we have, way more things that we will get to experience together. And I always tell people to get you a partner, like in marriage, you want to marry someone that is literally your partner. Like he is mm-hmm. my teammate. Um, mm-hmm. And he has never made me feel, you know, even when I have moments and I, and I literally, I acknowledge those moments. Um, we were laying down yesterday and I was like, Hey, I miss him. And he was like, I think I miss him too. You know, mm-hmm. and it's okay. I feel yeah. comfortable expressing how I feel to him. Um, and I'm not trying to forget that I had him. I'll never forget. Like, right. I have the medical bills that show I had him and my <laughs> body is not back in shape. Um, but again, it is part that comes with it. Um, I know, and again, I try to be honest and transparent. So hopefully it'll help someone. Um, yeah. Again, I think we're, we're so quick to show, share when things go right, but I want someone to share with me, hey, when something didn't go exactly how you wanted to go, how did you handle that? Right. Right. But no, I feel like most people aren't honest. You know, we have to read someone's biography to find out, you know, what they had to experience because it's just no one just paints that picture. And I try to be, you know, more honest and transparent with that, just even on neatly planned, you know, because I literally get that. People are like, you're you're posting? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because we just... Erica's interview is next week okay. and we talked about suffering a lot with her and how we almost live in a culture that tries to say like, don't worry if you, if you have this and this and this, you won't suffer or like, you know, like almost a, a culture against any kind of suffering. Yeah. Or but, like buy this product and you'll never suffer again. Right. Right. So it it's funny cause it was, a, it was the themes kind of tied in how it's just suffering is a part of life on so many levels that, why don't we talk about it as much, you know? And going through it makes us the people that we right. are. Right. It definitely, right. it definitely shapes. Um, I think it shapes us. It, it can either shape you for good or it can shape you for bad. It can right. make you, you know, disappointments can make you bitter. It can make you angry. It can make you jealous. Um, but again, it's, we have to take control of that. Um, would I want to experience this by choice? Absolutely right. not. Um, but again, this is part of my story. So how I walk through it, that's up to me. You know, I can, again, like I told you guys before, like, I don't want anyone to see me as like feeling sorry for me. I don't feel sorry for myself. I'm grateful that I got to experience motherhood. You know, will I get to experience again? I hope so. I'm hopeful that I will. Um, again, we can't allow fear. I think to not talking Mm -hmm. about things makes me fearful. Um, 
fearful again when we share those disappointments it's like fear of embarrassment or you know fear that you know people will expect a certain outcome from us or a certain type of response mm-hmm. that's not who i am like you know again i'm one of those people too if you say i can't do it or you know i'm like okay i you know especially even for my pregnancy i was like okay i'm going to be like this you know modern woman i want to have them natural i want to you know my family's like get the epidural yeah <laughs> had them natural you know again it's like usually for me when the odds are stacked against me i feel like that's that's almost when like my superpower comes out like that's where i feel like that's where i really shine because again i feel like i have friends who have had their lives pretty much laid out for them like you know all they really had to do was you know their requirements for their parents were like, you know, go to school, we're going to get you a job, you know, job waiting for you when you get out of school or different scenarios like that, where it's like, for me, everything in my life I've had to work for. Um, And so I just consider this just something else I got to work a little bit harder for. Um, And I've already like, my husband and I, again, we just always say because we have hope. Um, We're working now, like I've already made an appointment. Um, I have an appointment with a one of the top um, perinatal specialists here in Arkansas. Like, again, when things don't go the way that we expect, sometimes it's not changing the plan. We just, we have to shift how we look at it. Um, Again, there's multiple ways to create a family. Um, And so I'm open to whatever God has for me and my husband. Um, But am I afraid to try again? Absolutely not. I won't let that fear keep me from being a mom. And we're already parents. We are youth parents to all of our youth babies at our church. So Mm. again, I still get to experience motherhood in different ways. And I think it's, again, it's all about perspective, how you look at it. I think that's so amazing. I think you're amazing <laughs> and so inspirational. And I love you. I love you. <laughs> I say that to all our guests, don't I? We do love all of our guests. <laughs> yeah, I really do. They're such amazing I really, people. really do. Do we have time for a lightning round? Of course we have time for a lightning round. Of course round. we do. Let's do it. Okay. So our lightning round that we're doing with every guest okay. is when we read off what Kristen has made on her currently card to our guests and hear what they're currently up to. So are you ready? I'm nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nita, what are you currently watching? What am I currently watching? Oh, goodness. Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) I was like, what am I watching? (laughs) Everything's on DVR. I feel like I'm on live. So I have like six episodes of Grey's that I'm catching. Yeah. Nice. There's so many options. It's like, what am I most immediately watching? (laughs) Netflix is like horrible. Yeah. (laughs) But amazing. It is. Same time. (laughs) Binge watch. I love that. Yeah. What are you currently reading? I'm currently reading Weep Not by um, Michael Moore. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Michael Moore, the documentary film guy? No, Michael oh. is a pastor. Oh, good to know. What are you currently listening to? I am li- currently listening to Miranda Curtis. It's a worship album. It just came out. Pretty good. Okay. What are you currently making? Currently making, I am working on my date night. Scrapbook-ish. <laughs> Memory keeping. <laughs> Fun. Did you share any of that on Instagram yet? No. All right. Fun. I know, but you don't have to because it could be for just for you. <laughs> I love it. What are you currently feeling? Um, I am currently feeling loved. That's a good one. 
You are by us and everyone else listening. What are you currently planning? I'm currently planning a vacation for Thanksgiving. Ooh, where? We don't know. We're looking at cruises, but we definitely need to get away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanksgiving seems far away. I feel like you should plan one before then. Well, that's like our big, like we try to plan like a big vacation every year. And so like we're thinking like Thanksgiving because you wear for the holidays. Yeah. Like, you know, family and friends. So that'd be fun to get away for. And they say that that's far away, but it's already May. And I'm like, I don't know how that happened. So April flew, like April window. Like I was like, oh. Yes. The whole year. Craziness. Lastly, what are you currently loving? I'm currently loving my spiritual growth. Such a good answer. Okay. We are going to head over to After Chatter, and you can follow us at patreon.com slash craftyassfemale. Otherwise, we will catch you next Monday with a brand new episode of the show. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.